I know it's hard to say. <laughs> it is hard to say, but I still love the name. So I love it. It's so good, I right? I don't care. We're keeping it forever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, welcome to this new episode. Today we'll be discussing a little bit more about how disabled people fit in the world and how often it's the case that we have to adapt to the world rather than the world adapting to us and just to all the situations that leads to. Also, more discussion of our own feelings of disability and how those might have changed or evolved as we've been recording this podcast and yeah. talking about it more. That's great. Well, I have a question. Yes. How's your health? Uh, How's my your health is pretty good lately. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago that I was going through some weird stuff, but lately it's been pretty good. Good. How about yours? Oh, it's shit. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. You're really getting really a lot better. And then I just had a recent few weeks ago appointment with my neurologist. She's not even a real neurologist, but it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> and she like didn't really even believe that I had epilepsy. Oh. Uh, I know because I have psychogenic seizures as well. And so she just kind of was like, oh, those stopped. Okay, so I told her the psychogenic seizures have stopped. We've worked through them. We've made progress. But the epileptic seizures are still happening more frequently than I would like. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, describe those seizures. So we described them. And she's like, mm, that sounds pretty psychogenic to me. You should go to therapy. I was like, that's yeah. not that's not right. That's not the solution. And she looked at my old EEG, which is a brain scan that I've had to do a couple of times. I don't remember what it stands for because it's like a really long technical. Yeah. name but I had had one when I first got sick from like five years ago and she was like mm, not that convinced by the results so we had to schedule another one and I did that on Tuesday and those are uh, they're kind of rough on you you mm. like lay down and they glue like 20 electrodes to your head and then they just strobe lights in your eyes for three minutes yeah. and then they make you pant for three minutes and then they're like okay take a nap see you in 35 while they look at you on a camera and it was awful. <laughs> Yeah, but I, we caught a seizure this time, which is like crazy lucky that we caught it at all. So the results should prove to my doctor that like I actually have the disability that I claim that I have. I had one of those done a few months ago oh, and really? it was because I was getting these weird headaches that were That's causing right. dizziness and stuff. And so they're just like, just to rule out if it is a seizure disorder, let's go ahead and do one of these. Because uh, this was when I went to the emergency room because I had particular particularly bad one and so they're just doing like they always do at the emergency room and it's like let's do all the tests that we can so that we could charge you for them and then <laughs> also eliminate stuff without actually finding any answers so yeah we did one of those and as someone who does not have a seizure disorder it was an awful experience to go through so it I, sucks right i can like, imagine how much worse it would be for someone with light sensitivity and just all that stuff so <laughs> it's just terrible and they you can only get four hours of sleep before you do it so i went to bed at midnight the night before and got up at 4 a.m oh gosh <laughs> It's terrible. It's a terrible feeling. But we did it and I feel really positive about it. So that's we're on good. the up. That fits in perfectly with today's discussion because that's one of those things where there's so many things medically in terms of treating or even diagnosing disability that's like you have to go through this awful experience mm -hmm. and then like you go through it and then you're so relieved and so happy that it shows something and it's just like this terrible feeling of like oh I'm glad that wasn't a waste when it doesn't show anything and they had you like one time I was in the hospital and they made me do like a cat scan but they had to like I can't remember what it's called they had to put like dye mm -hmm. inside of you yeah so 
that they can rent. Have you done this one too? I have. They woke me up at like three in the morning from when I was sleeping and they rolled me down to this test and they like injected me full of dye and then Mm. we found nothing. And then afterwards you have to like lay perfectly still for a long period of time Mm. and like it's really shitty. (laughs) (laughs) To backtrack a little bit, I wanted to talk about seeing doctors and working with doctors when they either don't believe you or they already have a concept of what you're going through in their head before you even see them. Mm -hmm. Because I went through that recently, again, with the headaches that I was experiencing. I set up an appointment with a neurologist. They were only doing telehealth appointments Mm -hmm. at this time. So I never actually saw this person in person. This isn't related to my disability, but also just getting that appointment set up was fucking awful because I was scheduled for two o'clock. I'm all prepared. I'm gonna be ready at two o'clock and they had said like before Derek will send you the link to get onto the telehealth thing. We'll send it to you like 30 minutes before your appointment. So I'm sitting at my computer 1 30 email open. There's no link. It gets to two o'clock still no link. It gets to 2 15 still no link. And so then I'm like, I should call somebody just to see what's going on. And in case they did send it, but I never got it for some reason. I don't want them thinking I just didn't show up to this appointment. Because when you don't show up to an appointment, scheduling a new one, doctors like write you off. Yeah. So I tracked down a number and then I called this person. They're like, oh, no, you want to talk to this person. They they send me over to this other person. Oh, no, you want to talk to this person. They send me to a third person. And then finally, they find the doctor that I'm supposed to be seeing and they transfer me to her office mm-hmm. person that works at the front desk at her office and so I was like yeah I have a telehealth appointment and because she was only doing telehealth appointments she actually wasn't even in her office I think she was doing them from her house mm-hmm. but I ended up talking to that person and they're like oh yeah hang on for a second and then they came back they're like okay she's running behind that's why you haven't gotten the link yet right okay so because she's running behind I don't get the link and no one tells me yeah you don't even get like I'm a running. notification <laughs> I'm thinking that it's something on my end but it's completely on your guys's end so that was the start to this experience mm-hmm. and then finally i get the link i get on this person i won't name names because i don't feel like being that person but <laughs> she gets on and she's like yeah what are your symptoms so i tell her everything that i've experienced so far she's like oh sounds like migraines it's not i said i've experienced migraines before and i also my mom gets them frequently so right. i know what a migraine looks like and it's not like this and i said and i've i've had minor ones before and i've never had symptoms like this nor does it happen that often she's like no it's migraines they told me that too yeah so you know Mm -hmm. and she's like i'm gonna prescribe you this medication where do you get your prescriptions and i was like well do i really need to take it because i don't think it's migraines and then she's like no where do you get your prescriptions and then she practically forced me to tell her so then she sent me a prescription i never filled it i never took Mm -hmm. it it's been several months now since i've had one of these headache experiences it's not migraines i think they would keep happening I still don't know what it ever was. But yeah, it was just this experience of being like, no, no, I know what's wrong with you. I know what's going on. And not listening to the person who's actually going through the experience or anything because doctors know better. That happens all too often. Yes. You said before we started recording, you had an eye appointment in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, JD wears glasses because you can't see him. So you don't know that. But does that have anything to do with your achontroplasia? How do you say that? Achontroplasia? Achontroplasia. Okay. 
pronounced you correctly. Thank Hold you. On. No, there are a lot of little people who do wear glasses, but I don't think there's any correlation. Could be wrong in that. There might be other forms of dwarfism that is more common. Pretty much everyone in my family wears corrective lenses. At least in my immediate family, everyone does. And then the majority of my mom's siblings do. Probably some of my dad's siblings should, but don't. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, I was just curious. I had an interesting experience yesterday. So it was a video of Jack Septicai did, and he does these ones where he watches 20 TikToks. It will be like a compilation video, so there will be a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. So then he gets to this one, and the video starts up, and it's a little person. It's not someone with achondroplasia. He has a different type of dwarfism, one that people who have it are even smaller. So it's a very small person. The video starts out, and as soon as it starts up and I see this guy, I immediately have this feeling of dread, of wondering what is going to happen yeah. either in the video or how the person is going to respond right. to it. What the video ends up being is this guy with dwarfism doing karate. His form is excellent. He, he does <laughs> it really well. And then Jack ends up responding to it really positively. He's like, this dude is so awesome. This dude is kick-ass. He talks about how good his form is. And then he points out like particular things that he did that was really good. And then that's the end of it. Never once does he comment on his size or like, does he say something like, he's really good for a little person or anything like that. He never says any of that. He just comments on how cool he is and how good right. he did. And then I had like this sense of relief afterwards. But then I had to kind of sit there. Why was my initial feeling fear, right. worry, or dread that that's what this was going to be? Mm -hmm. And then why do I feel a sense of relief, a sense of pride towards Jack for not being a terrible person? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of this interesting thing of realizing that society has set me up to expect a certain response right. and then be happy when that response is not. Yeah, there, there's definitely such a, a history of objectification in entertainment of little people that it makes sense that you would immediately be on your guard. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, remember Jackass? Yeah. Was it Jackass? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I totally get that. And it's really great to see that, especially such a big creator, is mm -hmm. like moving past that. It's not even thing. That's really great to hear that yeah. progress is being made in, in some ways, some small yeah. ways. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because the thing that was nicest about it was that it wasn't a situation of like, oh, he didn't say anything bad and he was actually really positive. Mm -hmm. It was also that like he didn't say anything at all. At all. Because I think I would have had a negative response to him being like, for a dude his size, he has really good form. I still would have been like, no. Yeah. I, I still would have felt really nasty about that. The fact that he was just complimentary in general without specifically getting into mm -hmm. anything to do with his disability was just, I don't know, it was, it felt really rewarding in a way. And like you said, it felt like progress was being made. That's great. I love yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's wonderful. I saw a TikTok today that was talking about Shit's Creek. I don't know if you ever watched that show. I've seen clips. I've right. never actually seen a full episode, but there's one I'm character. Right. Similarly, uh, there's one character who's gay and there was like it was kind of impressive to people because there was no talking about him being gay. There was no homophobia represented. There was just this is a gay character. That's it. There's no conflict around it. It was just being represented as one guy who likes men. And it wasn't even a thing. And that's like really good representation. And I feel like heading in that direction, not just in the queer community, but also in the disabled 
disabled community is just great progress and really refreshing. Yeah. I find it very refreshing. I remember seeing the thing a while back. I don't remember where I saw it or in what context because I've never actually read the webcomic. It was a webcomic about a lesbian couple. And then it. it was found out that the writer is a straight cis man. Mm. And someone was like, how do you write a comic about a lesbian couple so well? Like, how do you know how to do that? And he's like, I just wrote a comic about two people who yes. are in a relationship. And he's That's like, great. it's not that hard. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> but they were like, but how do you know? He's like, I just know what it's like to be in a relationship. It's yeah. like, that's all you need to know. He's like, there are other aspects that I don't know. But he says, I'm never going to write about those because I don't know them. Right. He said, so I just don't write those stories. And that doesn't mean that I'm not appreciative of those stories. He says, they're just not my stories to tell. Mm-hmm. But I can tell the stories that I do know how to tell. And I think that, like you said, kind of disability and some LGBTQ issues coincide in that way. Mm -hmm. They're not the same, but they're similar enough. And that's a discussion I hear a lot, too, about whether or not people who are not disabled should tell disabled stories. I always say, like, if you do it right and you know how to do it, then do it. But also make sure you know what you're doing before you do it. Don't make assumptions. Or if you think you know something, but you aren't certain on it, make sure you check with the correct people to do it. Right. Things like that. It's good to see progress. Yeah. Happy to see it. Yes. I have noticed over the last few years that they have been updating crosswalks. They've been updating crosswalks to make it easier for people who can't see. Put like mm-hmm. the little bumpy things so that you can feel those with canes. And they've got that like beeping noise. Like uh, in Knob Hill, yeah. they had replaced all of those to just make it more accessible. And I think, and people make fun of them, right? Because it's like, walk now. <laughs> Me, 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 me. But like, it's cool that when they redid them, they thought about that. Even in like yeah. Albuquerque, where we don't mm-hmm. always think about everybody. And they also count down too. Oh. And like vocally, not just like the number on the sign. Oh, right. Like it'll vocalize how long you have. So See, that's cool. I think that's yeah. cool. I imagine that's happening all over the country. I mean, if it gets to us, we're a little behind. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> then I just think that's really cool that we're updating slowly but sure making progress in that direction and like somebody had to design that had to like Mm -hmm. sit down and figure it out and walk through it and like get the opinions of blind people I would certainly hope it was designed in conjunction with blind people yeah you'd hope (laughs) I would really hope it was Uh and going off of one of your points Albuquerque not always but typically is one of the last to get these types of things Mm -hmm. I always feel so happy I'm like oh yay Albuquerque has this and then I'll go to like another city and it'll wave further along and way better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'm just like, oh no, Albuquerque got like the prototype version. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's like one way that I think cities are adapting to accommodate disabled people to be their bending to like make Mm -hmm. things more accessible. And that's nice because I think it's, I I imagine it's very hard for people with limited vision to to get around. I imagine it's very difficult. So it's cool that that is beginning to adapt more and more around us to Mm -hmm. accommodate and just become an accessible version of something we already had. It's not that much harder to change it. And so- 
to see that happening is... That's one of the big things I wanted to talk about today is that like how there is a lot of adaptations that are viewed as, oh, these are adaptations to benefit the disabled or these are adaptations that only help the disabled. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, no, they help everybody. Yeah. Like they help make your life easier and the lives of disabled people possible, basically. <laughs> it's what it is. At least that's the way I view it. Yeah. Because even if you're not blind, sometimes having that voice telling you and hearing it out loud, it's, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of nice, actually, yeah. in a weird way. I will say sometimes they're a little bit aggressive. Oh, yeah. And I feel like <laughs> if I was blind, I would be a little bit intimidated sometimes because it's like, walk faster, walk faster. <laughs> I can't imagine if you're not fully aware of what's going on, mm-hmm. hearing that yelled at you is probably very intimidating. Little, yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's the next step is to make it a little bit gentler. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think even for people who are looking at their phone or something and not paying attention, having that little voice telling them like, oh yeah, you're really going to have time to pass or it's time to pass. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. Plus, cars can hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like, oh, there's someone in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit my brakes. They can actually tell. I've always found that really weird where someone is, oh, we have to put a ramp in for people in wheelchairs. Like, who doesn't like using a ramp versus stairs? <laughs> like, is there really anybody who is just like, there weren't stairs. There was a ramp and that annoyed me. I don't think that person exists. And if they do, I'm sorry. But like... at, uh, at my work, there's a parking lot that's further up a hill than the actual building I work in. So you have to walk down the hill to get there. And there aren't stairs. They're just like ramps that zigzag back and forth. And the people who don't want to take the time to zigzag back and forth just walk around. Mm-hmm. They just walk up the like rock embankment. They're perfectly fine. They're capable of walking on it. They yep. get there. But the people who don't want to crawl around in the rocks, I'll take the ramp. <laughs> but like they have the option. Yeah. You want to walk up next to it in this little path you've created in, in the landscaping? Then do that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. There's no there's no reason to complain. There's no issue here. Just if you are so impatient, you can't stand to walk up a ramp, then go in the rocks. You can. You're capable and it doesn't seem to bother you. I kind of like the way that that works. And yeah. it's always like men. <laughs> Just, I'm sorry. Just as no, I know. No. It's always men like climbing walls and rock, walking around on the rocks. And I'm like, or you could just take the ramp. But whatever. It works for you. It works for you. It's like this weird thing, this weird concept that's been around for ages. That doing things the quote unquote easier way for some reason makes you weak. Unless you need to do it. Right. But yeah, like at UNM, University of New Mexico just in case. At the front of campus, what you could call the main entrance, like you could get into campus multiple ways, but the way you get in off of Central, it used to be a set of stairs and then there was like a ramp off to the side. Yeah. When it was that way, the stairs were like a straight shot. You just walked up the stairs and then crossed the street and you were on campus. But the ramp was kind of weird where you had to go up one ramp and then over and then up another ramp. It was weird. But they redid it in like the past two years or so. Oh. So now it's all ramps going down and there's no longer stairs or I think there might be a few stairs on this side but for the most part it's just ramps straight down and it's way easier yeah uh, it's way quicker <laughs> sounds easier and it also just looks nicer it was three sets of stairs and now it's a ramp and then a flat part and then another ramp so rather than being three sets of stairs it's two ramps mm-hmm. I haven't been there in a while so I'm not sure if I'm remembering that correctly but no matter the case it's a lot more streamlined mm-hmm. and a lot easier the ramps are really shallow and they're really 
really wide. It's a lot easier for a group of people to yeah. go down this ramp side by side together than when it was stairs. And yeah, that's one of those situations of there was an adaptation made that benefits everybody, mm-hmm. including people in wheelchairs or right. people who need a ramp versus stairs. Yeah. It benefits us too, but it benefited everybody and it made it more streamlined. It yeah. made it simpler. In my opinion, it aesthetically looks nicer. I mean, it's just this weird thing where for the longest time, the accessibility was this weird zigzag thing that people mm-hmm. with disabilities had to deal with. But now it's way simpler and it benefits everybody. Yeah. So why yes. can't everything be that way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like if you're moving something on wheels, people who aren't disabled have to move shit on wheels all the time and they break their ankles and have to hobble around on crutches all the time or they wear their pants really low getting up the stairs <laughs> a little bit of a challenge like it benefits everyone mm-hmm. and it's easier and it looks fine and even thinking of it in like the simplest terms if you are on a college campus you most likely have a backpack with you nowadays not everybody wears it on their shoulders they either have like the shoulder bag that like hangs by their side or something like that so mm-hmm. this might not be a fully good example but walking downstairs and like bouncing with a heavy backpack on your back it's really uncomfortable <laughs> i've done it before i wasn't always in a wheelchair so i've walked downstairs before and i could tell you walking downstairs with a backpack sucks but walking down a ramp with a backpack is a lot more gentle because you're not bouncing oh yeah more ramps 100 percent ramps for president <laughs> another thing we we're talking about with this is not only we made this adaptation for people with disabilities but it's also we made this adaptation and if it doesn't work oh well i had a class in a two-story building there was one elevator in the entire building i got to class one day and i was already running late i wasn't late late but i would be getting to class just on time and so then i go they're doing maintenance on the elevator and so i was down and so i go talk to the maintenance people and i'm like do you guys have another elevator and he's oh no this is the only one i said i hate to ask this but you're almost done i need to get to class yeah they were just like no we're probably going to be like another 40 or 50 minutes and i'm like that's the majority of my class that's the whole class So I was just like, okay. At this point, I could walk a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it was really difficult and just not fun. But I need to get to this class today because normally I'll just say fuck it and skip the class. There was a reason I needed to be there that day. I can't remember why. So I got off my scooter. I took the key with me and I had to leave the scooter parked downstairs. And I talked to the elevator maintenance people. Can you keep an eye on this for me? And I think at that point, the people working on the elevator felt kind of bad. Yeah. And they were just like, yeah, we'll watch it for you and so i ended up walking up the stairs the only thing i took with me is my laptop i left all my other stuff with the scooter and then i walked up the stairs and i got the class and i sat through class and then after class was over the elevator was working so i did take it back down then got back on the scooter and left luckily none of my stuff was messed with okay but i had to leave semi expensive scooter unattended and all Ugh. of my books and papers unattended too just because there was only one elevator in yeah. the building and it didn't work Ugh. That sounds so stressful. Yeah. And if if I was unable to walk, I wouldn't have been able to go to class. And so, like, I was lucky enough to be able to do that. But if there was someone who was completely paralyzed, they would just had to email their professor and, hey, the elevator wasn't working. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. able to come to class. Luckily, most professors are pretty cool. Yeah. But sometimes you do get that professor who's like, well, you could have found a way. And it's like, no, I couldn't have. (laughs) Yeah. What? Someone going to carry me up the fucking stairs? (laughs) Can we talk about accessible bathroom stalls? Yes. Can people use them or not? What do you think? Oh, and I guess this would be different using a men's restroom versus using a a women's yeah why don't you answer first I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are this one's really tricky 
obviously those stalls are, are meant for people who need to use them, who have physical requirements that they need to use this space. That's why they're there, which is great that they're there. If there are your standard bathroom stalls available, always pick those. Mm-hmm. Always pick those. That's what I think. Especially because, so in women's restrooms, there's usually like two standard stalls and then an accessible stall. But... It takes women a lot more time to use the restroom than it takes men. I mean, you mm-hmm. gotta remove some of your clothing and like you have to mess with a toilet seat and it's just like this whole thing. And if you have this long ass line, because this happens in women's restrooms all the time and people can only use two of the three stalls. So there's just this long line of women who don't get to pee for a long time because we're leaving this one open just in case somebody needs it. That seems unreasonable to me. It does. It seems a little no, unreasonable I, I, to me. I completely Completely agree. I would say if you're in a mostly empty bathroom, don't use it. If there is a line or if there is multiple people and it's the only one open, take it. I will say one caveat. If there is a line and you see someone with a disability in the line, Let I would them like cut to, the line. I would like to think that if I was a person in line without a disability, if I didn't have my disability and I saw that situation, I would like to think that I would say like, hey, you should go use the stall while it's open. Because that does two things. One, it shows understanding right. and accessibility and two for everyone else in line now that that person is used to stall none of us have to feel yeah. guilty using it like yeah. it's two purposes i don't think that's a good solution it's not always the solution you see and mm-hmm. also i i don't think i've ever been in a situation where there has been a line and someone goes into handicap stall where i thought like i'm mad that they use the handicap <laughs> stall so i'm perfectly okay with right. people using it but yeah it does annoy me if i go into a bathroom and no one's in there and the only stall being used is right that does bother me but it's tricky there's also like a lot of restrooms have changing tables in their Mm -hmm. their bigger stalls like for moms you take care of their kids so they are also like a part of the community i mean i guess having a child is a disability yeah (laughs) (laughs) and just so you know uh that is the same case in the men's room too usually the changing station is in the handicap stall too they have changing stations in men's restrooms yeah that's that's so great it that they used to i would say when i was younger i mean i didn't really pay attention to it so i might not be remembering this correctly but i feel like it happened less when i was younger as the years have gone on i think there's more typically they're covered in graffiti or scratched on and they are usually in the handicap stall so that is another good point too i also recently got married you know you were there yes it was a very nice ceremony it was beautiful oh thank you so much (laughs) and as we were leaving we were walking back down uh central to get to our hotel and i really had to pee to be so bad. So we went to Red Door, the brewery, and we we're like, can we use your bathroom? And they were like, no, we're closed. And we were like, I'm in a wedding dress. And they're like, fine. <laughs> but because I was in the wedding dress, when we went to the bathroom, I couldn't fit in the two like standard stalls. And we had to use the like bigger stall because I literally physically could not fit my <laughs> wedding dress into the smaller stalls. So it's like, I feel like it's an accessible stall, but it's also like sometimes you need that space sometimes mm. for whatever yeah. reason you require you know if you've got if you've got two kids and can't mm. fit them in a, a little stall like yeah I don't, no yeah absolutely i think if you have kids you should definitely use that all because typically when you have kids you also have a lot of shit with you too yes like a stroller and all that stuff so and as someone who has a hard time navigating tight spaces mm-hmm. i would much rather you occupy the handicapped stall for a little while rather than take one of the smaller stalls and leave all your shit outside of it Mm-hmm. blocking the way right, <laughs> <Because yeah. laughs> like that that leads to another issue 
at the end of the day, I'm going to have to wait for you either way because I'm not able to get around your stuff. And so if that little extra space is going to help you get done a little bit faster, by all means, take it. Okay, cool. I definitely feel better about the whole situation. <laughs> I know it's not about me, but <laughs> no, no, I feel I feel a little better, like because there are definitely some people, and a lot of my exposure to people's opinions comes from the internet, where we mm -hmm. can say whatever we want to say. You know, it's different from if you're talking to someone in real life. But people say like, if they need to go to the bathroom, they need to go to the bathroom, and they need to have access to that stall. And I think it's fair to consider caveats to that, as we have just discussed. Mm -hmm. So that feels like a relief to me. No, I know no, you don't speak for everybody. <laughs> right. I don't I speak for everybody. You don't speak for everybody. But in our opinions. Now, another interesting wrinkle to that is when there is the men's room, the women's room, and then like the family restroom or the gender neutral restroom. Right. That's like a standalone room. Not the ones that have like stalls and are gender neutral. Right. Like the one that is a single whole bathroom. Yeah. And often those are marketed as family restrooms mm -hmm. but i have used those <laughs> because there's a lot more room yeah um, Way you don't easier. have to worry about the stall you don't have to worry about other people being in there mm -hmm. with you sometimes it's just nice to be able to use mm -hmm. that without anybody else around but i've used them and then when i leave the restroom there is like a mom with her kids waiting and she clearly is upset that a single person used that bathroom when she's been waiting with her family and it's just like Okay, lady. Yeah, like, I understand where you're coming from, and I'm sorry I made you wait. But no. also, like... No. When you use a public restroom, expect there to be a line. You're in public. It's like if you go somewhere and you're trying to buy something at a store, there's going to be a line. Anytime you go anywhere, there's going to be a line. We expect to wait in a line. Someone's going to use something before you, and then when they're done, you get to use it. That's kind of just like standard public existence. Mm. <laughs> Expectations. <laughs> not... not I guess I've made my point. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes making things accessible is hard. Mm -hmm. We do this series, this video series, Night School. Yes. And they're like 20 minutes long. And we've tried doing subtitles for people who, who can't hear. And mm -hmm. it's hard. It's really hard. They're like, we couldn't find a program that did it. So you have to go line by line and you have to put things in or sometimes YouTube will help you, but it'll do it. Or TikTok will help you and it'll do it like wrong. So you'll have to correct everything line yep. by line. And if you're already running late, like we typically are really right down to the wire. Suddenly having to do that is really hard. And we've definitely tried and I think we've succeeded a few times, but not every time. Definitely not every time. I promise you the first thing that will fall by the wayside is making that more accessible. That's unfortunately has been the reality of this endeavor. And I imagine many, even just blackout theater companies endeavors, I imagine get stalled up in that situation. Oh, like, are we going to do transcripts for this? And that <laughs> will be hard. I don't know how to do it. Really? I don't either. I hadn't really thought about that, but that's, I know, that's right? honestly something that, I mean, given the nature of this podcast, that should have been one of the first thoughts, but it was not. Yeah, um, it doesn't. So yeah, I mean, that's, you're exactly right. That often adaptations are difficult and either forgotten or left by the wayside because of time. Right. It's tricky and it's hard and I don't have a solution. I don't know how when like push comes to shove and it's time to go and I haven't done it. I haven't done that 
work? Am I going to stop and hold things up and do it? Like when it comes time to release these, I, I really wonder, like, will we have figured out a way to make that feasible for us? I just, I don't know. And it, it frustrates me that I haven't been able to ensure that I do that because I think just in your brain, it's like, okay, but who, how many people are really going to need these? If only like 200 people watch this episode, then mm-hmm. the amount of time it would take to make it happen. I don't know. It's really tricky. I feel guilty about it. I do too. I don't say this to justify anything, but I will say that I think the whole aspect of that kind of plays into the larger thing we said at the beginning of this episode, which is that as a society, we have built it so that the disabled community has to adapt to the larger world Mm. rather than the larger world adapting to the disabled community. When doing this show or when doing night school, it is the responsibility of us as creators in order to make it accessible rather than it being in place with that venue having an accessible feature. Right. And that probably sounds like I'm pushing the responsibility off on someone else and saying for like night school, it's YouTube's responsibility, not ours. And I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that if as a society things were viewed differently, I think having to worry about creating that solution wouldn't exist because it would be like, we're going to upload it and the accessibility features are built in. Already there, yeah. So we don't have to worry about it, which would be really nice yeah. if that was the case. <laughs> Especially because I think YouTube and, and TikTok have a lot more power and mm-hmm. resources and... Abilities. Abilities, <laughs> yeah, to be able to to make something like that, to make it easier for, for the tiny little creators like mm-hmm. us, you know, just sitting in your bedroom. Right. <laughs> and it would be great if they could make it easier and then we could make things more accessible. Uh, but it, the onus is on us. Mm-hmm. It is. And that, I don't know. And that that's hard because, like you said, we are a small time operation. Mm-hmm. So we don't have those resources and stuff. And we could figure it out. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that responsibility lies on us, I do think says something. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I'm not trying to push the responsibility off or right. say like it shouldn't be my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Because I do feel like we do still have that responsibility given the what the situation is. But it would be nice to live in a world where that wasn't the case. Yeah. Well, I think we had a good conversation today. I think we really, we touched on some stuff. We resolved some stuff with me in my personal life. (laughs) I know it's not all about me, but I definitely feel like I have a better understanding of how adaptations work Mm -hmm. in society and making things accessible and how we all play a part in that. And we shouldn't complain about it too much. Yeah. And I think also one of the things I hope this podcast does both for ourselves and for our people is it gives a sense of validation of certain feelings or certain understanding. And also it allows you to feel differently about things. And I feel we did do that today. Yeah, I think we did a good job. (laughs) Heck yeah. yeah. You know, I wanted to like play a game or come up with some kind of game, but I couldn't. (laughs) I couldn't. I didn't come up with anything. So next time, more games. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So this was Talk a Mile in Our Shoes, which is a great name for a podcast. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week with some more things that we're going to talk about. JD, anything? I think we've covered it. (laughs) Perfect. Wonderful. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Take the stairs in case of fire.